I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I didn't want to be like everybody else. I wanted to be someone else. And I chose to rebel against the fact that I was pushed towards Protestant teams from my my friends and, and coaches or school teachers or whatever it may be. And I went and played for the Catholic team in another city. I, I went and did something completely against the grain. It was something totally different to open me up to a new culture, to recognize that there's not much of a difference. We we are all human beings. And then when I got to St. Pauli later on in life, it, it came back and, and entered my life again. Welcome in. I'm your host, Nate Abaurea. You can follow me on Twitter at Nate Abaurea and be sure to follow at World Soccer Talk. Our guest in this edition of the show is a great friend of mine and someone who means a lot to German Bundesliga fans living in the United States. It's Ian Joy right here on the Heart of the Game. So you know I'm all about multiculturalism. You know I'm all about multicultural identity. Uh, here on the heart of the game, Ian Joy, you are one of my favorite examples of this. Uh, we've talked about this many a times. The Scottish San Diegan, and at the very least, an honorary German uh, as well. Is that is that a, a good summary of your your cultural identity? I think it's safe to say that. Yes, thank you very much for that wonderful introduction. Yeah, I would actually say that it is probably for me very difficult to pinpoint exactly where I'm from. You know, grew up in San Diego, as, as most people I'm sure listening know already. Um, was born there, very proud to be American, but sound as Scottish as they come. But having that little German influence with the time I spent over there, you hit the nail on the head. I love it. Well, here we are. Uh, my favorite Scottish San Diegan honorary German right here back uh, with, with your <laughs> Nate Abaurea. Yours truly and Ian Joy have, have done oh so many interviews and, and collaborations over the years. And this is a really special reunion because, Ian, you have some uh, rather important news to share. 2020 is a big year for a lot of people and for a lot of things. And uh, it's going to be a big year of transition for you, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is going to be a year of transition. And, um, you know, for me, it was always going to, to happen at some point. Um I didn't quite expect uh, to be announcing or making some sort of announcement now, or I guess I've kind of had uh, to rush it a little bit with people finding out about what's happening. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm actually 
okay to say the news now uh, that I will be leaving Fox at the end of this Bundesliga season and uh, moving on to, to new ventures. And can you share uh, anything about those new ventures or, or what the, uh, the impetus for, for this move is, Ian? I can't really talk too much about what's next, to be honest with you, um, because I don't quite know exactly what it is I want to do next. Um, you know, it's been a long time since uh, I've been at Fox and five years has gone by ever so quickly. And um, I didn't really think that this day would come too quickly. But the fact that it's here now and um, it's getting ever so closer towards the end of that Bundesliga season, reality is starting to hit. But I have had some immense opportunities come my way over the last 24 months. And unfortunately, because of my commitments to Fox, I have had to say no to to a number of them. But there comes a time and a point in your life where, you know, I have to make sure that I do what is best for myself, for my family and and, and for the future. And I still feel like I'm very young in this game and in the media world. And I still feel like I've got a lot to learn, so much to offer. And I want to make sure that I'm improving around the best possible people, but also in an environment where, you know, I'm wanted and where I feel like I can develop into the the personality and and the talent that I I believe I can be. Um, And you know, at the, the beginning of last season, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine, Zach Kenworthy, who's now my boss at, at Fox. And, you know, I'd asked him, you know, what he thought about the future at Fox. And um, I mentioned to him what my idea was. And I think we both came to the agreement that it would be best for me and because I'm a hungry guy. I want to work on the best products. I want to be put on the biggest stage. And I want to work with people around me who are all on the same page. And I, I made it clear to, to Zach that I felt like my future was better away from Fox once the Bundesliga rights were over. And um, and Zach did not stand in my way as much as I'm sure he would have liked me to have stayed on. Um, he supported my decision and um, I'm very, very grateful for that. And now I move on to, to new opportunities. And uh, at this moment in time, I can't say anything, Nate. There's There's a number of things on my table right now and between me and my family, we have to decide what is best, um, and then we'll we'll take it from there. But at the moment, I'm very, very excited, and it will definitely be on the East Coast, that's for sure. I will be moving from the West Coast, where Fox is based in Los Angeles, and I will be moving to closer to New York City, where I feel like my brand has is, is become bigger than anywhere else in the U.S., and where I feel like I can develop as a person and as a, as a talent better. And um, hopefully find myself in a position where I'm being challenged every single day and and where I can put myself into a a platform where I feel like I belong and and where my talent is respected. So I'm very excited for for what is next. Well, shout out to uh, the good people of New York out in uh, the NYCFC uh, fan territory. A lot of people uh, loving what, what you've brought to NYCFC broadcasts uh, over over these last few years, Ian. But you talk about the Bundesliga, and, and it is something where your voice, your name for Bundesliga fans here in the States, your, the name Ian Joy has become synonymous with, with Bundesliga coverage. So last question uh, regarding the transition. You will still be uh, likely on the pulse of Bundesliga things uh, moving forward, sir? Yes, uh, very much so. You know, I think, Nate, you know me very well. And I think people listening in know me well enough uh, to recognize that the Bundesliga is very close to my heart. 
Um, and, and when I got this opportunity, and, and of course, there's multiple people I have to thank at Fox for giving me this opportunity. Uh, it goes all the way back to, you know, first and foremost, my, my former agent, Steve Kashani, who, who produced this opportunity with John T. Whitehead, who was then at the time the boss um, of Fox Soccer. Um, they asked me to come over from being sports, which kind of surprised me because I was very young in my career. And of course, having played in Germany as a player, for five years, it was always my dream to get into media and to work on the Bundesliga. So for me, that was a no-brainer to, to make that jump from being sports going to Fox Sports. But John T. Whitehead gave me such a platform that I could only ever dreamed of so early in, in my career. And he challenged me. Every single time I went on air, he asked for better. And he, I knew I had to be at my best to keep him happy. Um, and of course, there is a, there's a number of people I have to be grateful for for continuing on that that trait, you know Malik Ndile, he's he's no longer at Fox, but um, a very very big producer. Jason Wormser, who demanded the best from me and gave me opportunity when I least expected it. Um, and the man who I've worked closest with um, over the last five years is Jeff Heyman. He's a Bundesliga producer and maybe not a Bundesliga fan before I got there and before the Bundesliga rights got to Fox, but a guy that. Um, has become to love the Bundesliga with all of his heart and his passion. And I think we brought out the best in each other every single time we went, in, went on air. And, you know, for me, it was really important, Nate, when I went to Fox, that the Bundesliga was giving a platform and given quality and given time and given effort. And Fox did exactly that. So for me, I'm so grateful for what Fox did for the Bundesliga. For me personally, of course, it's obvious. Um, but they, they made the Bundesliga better in the United States, and, um, and and we all played a big role in that. Not just me personally. goes back to the Eric Winaldas of these days. You know, Thomas Hitzelsberger was in every now and again. Jovan Karofsky, um, you know, Bundesliga um, experience, but also Bundesliga um, passionate fans. Uh, and most recently, it's um, it's been Alexi and um, Warren Barton, Stu Holden, who've jumped in. Um, where maybe they're not uh, as big fans of the Bundesliga going into it. But now, hopefully, after working with myself and Kate Abdo and a few others, they're now bigger Bundesliga supporters and will continue to follow that throughout their um, their careers going forward in media. Um, but also one more special shout out before I move on here. I've got to give Keith Koskin a huge shout out, a guy who has become <laughs> a huge, huge voice on Fox Sports, but also on television in general. This is a guy who's worked his socks off, who who, who works with a passion, um, who's excellent at his job um, and a real pleasure to work with. I, I think, you know, at times he deserves a bigger stage. His voice is becoming, in my opinion, one of the best and most popular voices in uh, sports broadcasting. And I think over the next few years, I hope he gets that opportunity because this guy deserves it. And he absolutely has fallen in love with the Bundesliga. So for me, Nate, you know me. I love this league. Um, it's a league I want to continue to work on going forward. Um, and I'm very grateful for Fox to have taken it to the next level. Now it moves over to ESPN. And, um, you know, hopefully they can uh, take it even further and, and make it even bigger. What I really hope can happen, because I know this league has got the quality. I know this league has got passion and it's got supporters now who are taking it through the roof. We just need to make sure that the quality that the of product that the people are getting there um, is getting better and better season in and season out. But you can guarantee that I, as long as I am working in sports broadcasting, I will always make myself available to the Bundesliga um, to continue to help them develop in the United States.
Oh my goodness, I love the uh, the Scottish-German football connection uh, here on the Heart of the Game, going back to uh, the Derek Ray episode uh, back a few weeks ago, and now here uh, with Ian Joy. Great connections uh, between Scotland and the Bundesliga. You talked about those five years that you spent uh, in, in Germany, and that's where, when I say at the very least uh, an honorary German, that's a, a huge, huge part of your life and, and a huge part of why you continue working in football. That's bouncing off of conversations prior uh, between us. Those years that you spent at FC St. Pauli, you've told me that those were years that made you know that you didn't just want to play football until your late 30s and retire. You wanted to be in this game for life. For for folks who don't know about what those five years meant for you and why they fuel and how they fuel much of what you've talked about here in the opening of the show, can you, can you share with folks what FC St. Pauli meant to you and what it means to this day, Ian? Every time we talk, you always bring it back to FC St. Pauli, and I love it. It gives me an opportunity to to really speak highly of the club and, and what they have meant to me. Um, you know, playing in Germany was always a dream of mine. And I think, you know, uh, as American-born, you know, a uh, person growing up in Scotland, it was very difficult for me because I was proud American, but also growing up in a Scottish background with my mom being Scottish and European football right on my doorstep. And um, the German league grabbed my attention when Paul Lambert was playing over there and Alan McAnally and a few other Scots who went over to the Bundesliga to play. Um, and of course, when I was in uh, the U.S. national team ranks um, for the youth levels, we went over to Germany quite frequently to play against some of these big teams. And at one stage, I got a chance to go and watch uh, Dortmund and Bayern uh, in person. And it was an experience I never, ever forgot. So for me, it was always a dream to go over to Germany to play at some stage of my career. And, you know, for for most people who don't know, my career was just completely smashed with injuries and, and issues um, that, that held me back from being the player I probably could have been. But I still never gave up hope that I could get to a European country like Germany and play and perform at the highest level. And, you know, I, I managed to do that with St. Pauli. You know, at the time I went there, Nate, it was a club that was languishing in the third division and they were struggling financially. At times, the floodlights wouldn't come on and um, the electricity bill hadn't been paid. So they had to wait for the, the tickets to be sold on the gate to pay the electricity bill to put the lights on for the game. And and for me, that was just a small, quietly beautiful thing. Um, it brought out the best in me as a, a supporter. And at the time I first went over to Germany, I was playing for HSV Hamburg, but Secretly, I used to go and watch St. Pauli on a Friday night. Nobody <laughs> knew, um, but it was it was a passion for me. And and as you know, you know you I follow you a lot, and I know how much you care about the game and how much you love passion. And and that's like a lot of supporters out there. We love the small things in life that that get us excited. And it's the supporters groups, it's the culture, it's their beliefs, it's the soccer that's played, um, it's the whole experience. It's not just about success and winning trophies. And St. Pauli brought that to me. So when they came and gave me the opportunity to go there, I grabbed it with both hands and uh, spent three years there. We uh, we had an amazing cup run to the semi-final, eventually being knocked out by Bayern, um, which generated so much income and, and finances, much needed finances for the club to be able to build a foundation again. Then we got promotion into the second Bundesliga, which uh, for me was the, the greatest experience I ever had. Uh, winning a championship in Germany and um, and pushing the club into the next level where they were very smart business-wise. They didn't spend 
Um, a lot of money they built up the club and the culture they gave our terrific supporters who have um, great beliefs and and basically use the club as a platform to to demonstrate their beliefs um, not only soccer sense but uh, politically as well um, it, it's a wonderful club that um, basically fights against discrimination and a lot of people don't know that yet in the United States even though St Pauli is making some noise it's a club that will fight against discrimination in any way, against homophobia, against sexism, facism, racism, everything. And um, if you're looking for a club uh, to follow that do things the right way, um, FC St. Pauli should be one of the first ones you look at because um, once you go to taste it, you'll never, ever give it up. It's one of the best and greatest experiences I've ever had in my life. Ian, I have to share this with you. Uh, I received a note yesterday from a man named Darren Tidrick, and you're going to love this, and I know the gaffer Chris Harris is going to love this as well. I'll read it from the top here. Hello, Nate. We don't really know each other, but we are Facebook friends because I used to regularly listen to your podcast and your old radio show when I was first getting into soccer, finally in my 40s. Well, your show, as much as anything, helped me learn about the game and clubs and culture of world football. I credit you with helping me become a supporter of both. Drum roll, please. Swansea City and St. Pauli, based on episodes of your show <laughs> where you featured those clubs. Well, oh, this gets better, Ian. Well, I'm 51 now, says Darren. And this week, I leave for Europe for the first time for a football trip to see both St. Pauli and Swansea with a couple of Dutch matches and a low-level English match as well. Thank you for spreading the word and being such a great voice for the sport. Viva St. Pauli and come on, you swans. I want to deflect all all credit. I want to deflect all credit from that lovely letter uh, from my new friend Darren Tidrick there. I want to deflect a bunch of credit to the gaffer Chris Harris for the Swansea stuff. And I want to throw that right back to you, Ian. And, and when you hear someone say something like that, that was an assist that you provided me. And now this guy is an FCC Pauli fan. <laughs> I mean, how, how does that make you feel? Well, first and foremost, I've got to give you a lot of credit for what you've done and Nate yourself in your own career, because I follow you and, and we've known each other for a long time now. We've talked a lot um, and I followed what you've done. And I'm really impressed with, with not only the, the quality of product you put out there, but also your passion and love for the game. And that is something that people, they grab it. Whenever they, they see something like that, they, they are attracted to it and they then start to get interested a little bit more. So you deserve a lot of credit and credit and a lot of, you know, the World Soccer Talk guys deserve so much credit too. I know the gaffer and Kartik do a great job. And, you know, I don't know how on earth they managed to find out the news that I was leaving Fox or how on earth <laughs> going back in the days they managed to find out I was leaving being sports. But credit to them for doing their hard work and, and finding out and now putting me in this position to be able to talk about it. Um, you know, Listen, having a platform like that is great because there's not enough content out there. And people complain that there's too much out there. There's too much live soccer. There's too much podcasting. And there's too many people getting a, a, an opportunity that shouldn't get an opportunity. Uh, it's BS. You know, for me, it's it's not enough. And, and the more quality out there, the better it is for people to fall in love, better chance they have to fall in love with the game. And to hear somebody like that, incredible uh, note that you got... That's why we do it. It's not we, we don't do things like this. You know, I don't wake up at four o'clock in the morning in L.A. and go to the studio and get on the Bundesliga and pick up my paycheck and and come home to my family and, and, and just live a regular life. I don't do that. The reason why I get up and set my alarm so early and, and get into the studio and, and ask for the best of the people around me is because we 
have a right to put on a product for people who are out there who are not necessarily big soccer fans who are just tuning in or maybe they flicked on the the wrong channel or maybe they are soccer fans maybe they're big Bundesliga fans maybe they don't know which league they want to support we have a a, a duty to give them a product and an entertainment value and to give them something that they can gravitate to towards that's why I do it I wake up every single day and, and I care I care about the people who are writing messages on social media, I care about the person who's sitting with their um, three-month-old newborn baby, whatever it may be, um, at five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning, whenever we go live, and finding out something new. I care about those people. I care about the ones who have followed the Bundesliga for 50 years. Like This is why we do it, Nate. We do it because we want people like that to have an opportunity to find a passion in life. And and we hope that, I hope personally, it's the Bundesliga. And of course, for, for Chris's sake, it's probably Swansea. But for <laughs> me, it's it, it's great to hear notes like that. And I get them all the time, Nate. I, I watch people on social media who get hammered left, right and center, criticized about um, things that they've talking about on, on online or on television. And, and I just don't, I don't see a lot of it at all. I, I get more positive notes from people than I do negative. And I'm hoping that's because of the product that I put out there. And if I can get one person every week to, to tune into the show, to, um, to fall more in love with the Bundesliga or to fall more in love with soccer in general, um, then I feel like I've done my job and, and long may it continue. So it's great to see that. That was fantastic. And that's a pat on your back, not just anybody else. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we've we've at least made one uh, FC St. Pauli fan uh, between the two of us, so we're on we're on a good road uh, as of now. You love the commentary, Ian. You you love the work. I, I hear a lot of uh, uh, words that you're saying right now, and they very much echo the the last conversation on this show with with the great Peter Drury uh, from from across the pond and everything uh, that that he talked about in his commentary career and and what it is all about and so I want to dive a little deeper into that with you and and that psychology and know where that comes from in relation to your family because I found out I, I don't know how I didn't know this before maybe we talked about it a few years ago your dad was a professional footballer as well and played in in the old NASL was that a a, a major foundation in in the the love and passion and respect for the game Yes, very much so. And I'm glad you're doing your research to find that out. Yeah, my dad was a professional player and demanded a lot from me as a, as a person, as a kid, and made sure I enjoyed it first and foremost, but demanded once he knew I had some talent to be better. Um, my grandfather was a professional player, played in Scotland, and um, my my granddad, he, he was a huge Manchester United fan, and you know, relations in the family used to work close to Old Trafford back in the day, and we fell in love with the game. Um, my dad is a huge lover of the game. My whole family loves the game. So passion was always there for, for football. And growing up in Europe, it was a religion. You just you had to play it. You had to watch it. You had to live and breathe it. And I did that. Um, my passion for, for media actually started very, very young in my career. I was only 20, 21, something like that, when I started to realize that I might just want to take a step into to media myself, entertainment, not just sports broadcasting. I feel like entertainment was kind of calling me, you know, radio, t- television, movie, whatever it may be. Um, but sports brought that to me and it brought a confidence to me. And soccer in particular gave me a big confidence. Had it not been for injury that that really held me back, you know, I probably would have had a better career, but I'm still very, very grateful for the career that I was given. 
and it also gave me a platform to improve as a as a personality in my own media world and I was calling games when I was 21 22 years old and when I was injured or not in the squad or suspended I'd go into the radio booth and when I came over to the states I'd go into the television booth and it was crazy people couldn't understand why I was the player that always wanted to to do the interviews after the game but I was gaining experience and doing something that I had a passion for and that passion came through soccer and that passion came through watching soccer when I was growing up. Sky Sports was just beginning. And, and I go back to, to Keys and Gray back in the day and their Monday night football show, Richard Keys and Andy Gray. Um, and, and I know now they're over and um, doing their work for being sports now. But Sky Sports was unbelievable and it was hard not to fall in love with it. And I used to make sure I cleared my whole schedule so that I could sit and learn and, and watch these guys with an absolute passion. So... Soccer gave me an opportunity. It was it was my degree, um, but going into sports broadcasting was always something I was going to do um, because through soccer I could get into sports broadcasting. But now there's a new world opening up to me, and it's not just uh, about soccer. It's it's about other things. Where, as I mentioned earlier, my my brand has become pretty popular in New York, and um, there's new opportunities in the horizon that. I'm really interested in it. it doesn't necessarily include soccer so I'm grateful for it all well uh, bouncing off of that and and that sense of of worldliness and just well-roundedness with with our interests uh in in life how much did you you played again we we, we talk all the time about your time at FC St. Pauli you also were were involved with the Portland Timbers and and you were part of the the growth and and building from the ground up of that club how much does does the the clubs that you played for and the cultures that you got to be a part of as a professional footballer? How much does that help you as a as a well rounded human being to this day? It's immense. I think I didn't really figure out exactly who I was as a person until I got to FC St Pauli, um, and and I grew up in Scotland as as I've mentioned before, where growing up it was you know a very strong Protestant town, and at that time. There was always issues with Glasgow Rangers, Glasgow Celtic, Protestants and Catholics. And in my town, it was very strongly Protestant. And there was one Catholic school amongst six or seven Protestant schools. And all the teams were Protestant. And then you had that one Catholic team. Um, and for me, even at a very young age, recognizing I didn't want to be like everybody else. I wanted to be someone else. And I chose to rebel against the fact that I was pushed towards Protestant teams from my my friends and, and coaches or school teachers or whatever it may be. And I went and played for the Catholic team in another city. I, I went and did something completely against the grain. It was something totally different to open me up to a new culture, to recognize that there's not much of a difference. We, we are all human beings. And then when I got to St. Pauli later on in life, it, it came back and, and entered my life again. I couldn't quite believe how passionate people were about fighting the fight against racism, uh, in particular for me, uh, and discrimination against um, uh, fascism and sexism, wherever it may be. Homophobia also was very big at that time for St. Pauli. Um, it opened up my eyes, how people lived their life, um, the beliefs that they had, um, the message that they wanted to get across. And I decided that for me, this was my home and I was going to grab 
what these supporters were and I was going to make something of it. And I played not only for myself, not only for the club, FC St. Pauli, I played for those supporters because I wanted them to recognize we're all the same. You know, and we can all give an equal opportunity to people who are out there who have less or who are not in a position of power, who are uh, maybe struggling in life, whatever it may be, to get an opportunity um, and base, basically help them create an equal platform. And that's what FC St. Pauli was. It was incredible to me. What this club has done since has, has, has blown me away. And I'm glad they're taking it on a global stage, even though as we've seen from the Bundesliga recently, they like to keep a lot of things inside Germany. <laughs> they don't like the outside influence, especially on the business side of things. Um, but Portland Timbers was was very much the same. Those supporters are incredible. Um, I'm very proud to have uh, captained that team and and spent a year there, my final year as a professional, and um, and represent those supporters in very much the same way that I did the FC St. Pauli supporters because what they are doing for culture what they are doing for, for cities to realize who people are, to give people an opportunity, to give people confidence, to give people belief that you can achieve anything in life and, and you are a, a, an equal and, and you can make something special happen. But also you can have an influence on people around you was very, very big to me. And I guess I'm taking a lot of that into my, my broadcasting as well. I'm very passionate. I, I'm very professional about my work, but at the same time, I'm still one of them. And I speak for the supporters and um, I always want to be able to make sure that that the supporters are um, are backed and um, they always have a friend in me, um, even though I'm working for big networks or whatever it may be <laughs> on the broadcast. And, and as you know, it's it's not always easy to, to say exactly what you want to say. But fortunately for me, um, Fox gave me the ability to say exactly what I wanted, how I wanted to say it, when I wanted to say it. And I'll forever be grateful for for networks who give talent a platform to be able to have a voice. Now, bouncing off of that, I, I have to ask you a question that I've recently asked uh, of Megan Rapino. I, I asked the question to uh, Alejandro Bedoya. Uh, got some very interesting answers uh, from those folks, and I throw it right to you now, Ian Joy. What goes through your mind when you, as the person that you are, as the person you, you just laid out everything about you right there and, and the ethos of who you are as a human being, what goes through Ian's mind when someone says, can you stick to sports? Can you stick to football? I'd really appreciate it if you'd stick to sports, Ian. What goes through your mind when you hear those words from people? Well, for me in particular, it's not just about sticking to sports. It's about sticking to um, soccer. Like, don't talk about other sports because what do you know? Um, don't talk about politics because what do you know? Don't talk about any type of uh, influence in the, the world's news because you know nothing. You're just a soccer player, a former soccer player, or you're just an announcer. Um yeah, I mean, listen, for me, everybody has a voice. Social media has given people a voice. Um, there are a lot more platforms out there in media in general that has given people a voice and let these people be heard. Um, yes, it's frustrating at times because the quality of product suffers with, with so much opportunity out there. I still expect the product to be excellent in, in soccer broadcasting, in political news, in social media. I still expect people to live to a standard and to do things the right way. Um, but at the same time, um, there is a platform now for people to have their say. And good or bad, I still respect that people can have and should have their opinion. They should have the freedom to be able to speak their opinion and voice whatever it may be. 
Um, so for anyone who ever, and I don't get many of them, I certainly have had some and, and pretty pretty crude and rude um, responses to, to commentary or, or social media hits. Um, it's important for me to be able to be myself. And, and you should always try to be yourself, no matter what that may be. Um, feel like a freedom to have your opinion. Um, we live in the United States of America. And um, for people who are outside looking into the United States of America, this is what they do in the USA. You have a freedom of speech and you should forever have the opportunity to be able to be heard. Um, so I feel like now more than ever, people are being heard. And I feel like now more than ever, people are listening. So it's a crazy world that we're living in, Nate. But I try to make sure that I'm um, very smart in what I put out on social media, very smart in what I say on my broadcast, um, and also um, willing to accept criticism, but also um, the support and, and the love as well. But I, I stand by anyone who wants to go out and criticize um, whatever it may be in, in an agenda or politics or sports or, or whatever. Um, and let's go, for example, to, to the German League right now, the supporters who are bringing these banners to the games. I'll, I'll give you a quick opinion on what, where I stand on it, because as of yet, I haven't said much. I stand behind the supporters. The supporters have a right to voice their opinion. They just have to do it in the right way. Saying the words that they are saying in the, in the manner that they're saying is why the games have been stopped. If they were to do things in a little smarter fashion, I don't think many clubs or the DFL would be able to stop them in having that opinion. So I stand behind the supporters and having a voice 110%, but do it smart, do it in the correct way, be polite, be nice to people, be smart and make sure that you make the right choices because in this day and age, if you make the wrong choice and say the wrong thing at the wrong time, it can have a real, real sacrifice in, in your future and, and making those decisions is, uh, is always very important before you say it. One of the last things I want to ask you about here, Ian, you, you talk about being in touch with fans, being in touch with supporters from your, your time as a player. Now you've got this angle as a commentator, this unique view from pitch side, this view from the gantry. You've been in the dressing room. You've, you've been a player. How much, though, do you find yourself coming back to being a fan, to being a fan first when you show up to work in the mornings? I'm a fan first. I, I hope that comes across on the screen. I um I I love I love the game. I love it. It's it's what I live for. Um I love sports in general. I love switching on and watching basketball or baseball or football. <laughs> I, I love sports in general. I gravitate to a team, I gravitate to a set of supporters groups, um, and I'll always get behind that. Um but yeah, it's it's for me it's it's very, very important to be that fan first because then your passion comes across. It's not easy to be a broadcaster and not be a fan of the game. And I've worked with many of them, Nate. Big players, former players. They are uh, world-class World Cup winners who are just shocking. They don't love the game. Um, and they obviously made the highest level because of their talents, but they don't love the game. They don't have a passion for the game. And that's their own choice. But for me... It's very, very difficult to, to hide from that. If you are passionate about something and you get right behind it, it will come across on, on your broadcast. You, you're a great example of that. I've learned so much from you and I continue to follow you because I want to hear a lot about what's happening in San Diego, but also the Mexican League for me. It's something new that I'm, I'm starting to follow. Um, you know, you have a real passion for that. And 
if it wasn't for the passion that you bring across in your media, I wouldn't have as much of an interest. So I think it's it's very, very important <laughs> to be a fan first. You have to be. And I'm, I hope you feel the same way. Oh, I absolutely do, and uh, it's it's nice to to hear it echoed uh, by a man of of your stature, and it was echoed really by everybody who it, it it's been echoed by everyone who's been on this show, and and folks who are colleagues and and friends of yours, and you brought up the name Keith Costigan earlier, a great great friend of the show, and and friend of World Soccer Talk, another fine example of that where the passion has has been, I think, what's propelled uh, Keith the most, and and I hope that 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 continues for yours truly and it's most definitely palpable uh, when you're on the microphone, Ian, and, and you've made Bundesliga fans out of casual observers. You've given respect to folks, as you said, who followed the Bundesliga for 50 years and are tuning in as avid fans on, on weekend mornings or, or midweek afternoons uh, here in the United States. So credit to you and credit to passion and credit to uh, anyone out there in the commentary and media industry who has no qualms with saying that we should be fans above all else, before all else, while still doing our jobs, while still uh, maintaining neutrality uh, when necessary, that it's okay to be a fan first. Um, Ian Joy, this has been a, a great pleasure and privilege having you back on a show with yours truly. Last week on the show, we had Peter Drury, and Peter's famous for not having any social media, so I threw it to Peter uh, instead of Giving his social media handles, I said, uh, would you like to have a final statement? Would you like to have a uh, some, some closing <laughs> words? Uh, so here, this has been such a, such a good time uh, with you. I want to give you the opportunity to share your social media handles and have a closing statement. Take it away, Ian. Well, first and foremost, I'd, I'd like to thank, obviously, you, Nate, for inviting me on the show and uh, for World Soccer Talk for the great product they put out there. Uh, Chris and Kartik doing a great job. Continue that up. Um, and also... I want to take the opportunity to, to thank uh, Fox Sports for what they've done uh, for the Bundesliga. Um, I'm a great lover of the game. I'm a great lover of the Bundesliga. As you mentioned, I'm a fan first of the league. And I want to make sure that the product is, is taken to the next level. Fox did exactly that. And for me personally, as an individual, I went to Fox Sports thinking I was only ever going to get the opportunity to work on the Bundesliga. And Fox Sports gave me the opportunity to work on a Champions League, the Europa League, World Cups, men and women, the FA Cup. And they gave me a priceless experience that I will never, ever forget. And I don't know if they will be listening or not, but whoever it may be, whoever is listening in from Fox and and the higher-ups, um, I will forever be grateful. And for the people who are no longer there, um, thank you for, for giving me that platform. Um, but most importantly, thank you to, to the listeners out there. Thank you to the people who will be listening to this podcast. Thank you to the people who are supporters um, of myself and, and of soccer in general who tune in, who switch on their television or their radio or, or internet nowadays and, and watch it um, online. Thank you for doing that because without you guys, you wouldn't be able to have provided a platform for someone like myself who has so much love and passion for not only soccer but sports in general to continue to thrive, to be better, to bring a better product for, for all of you out there who are listening in. So I'm excited about what's next, um, but very grateful for opportunities that have come and are soon being going by. Uh, Nate, thank you again. Anyone who, who's interested out there can follow me across uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at JoyPaulIan. Um, be nice. Be polite. Make sure you, you, you live life the right way. Be positive and help people around you. And um, you're always welcome on my platforms. 
My favorite Scottish San Diegan honorary German in the whole wide world. Ian Joy, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Thank you, brother. And that's going to do it for episode five of The Heart of the Game. Another huge thanks to Ian Joy for being a part of this thing. I'm excited to see what the future has in store for my friend Ian. And I'm so grateful. Oh, so grateful. Talk about bouncing off of that last conversation. I am oh, so freaking grateful for the beautiful game and the connections it's provided. From the cross-border community of Tijuana, Baja California, Mexico, and San Diego, California, this is Neda Barrea saying hasta la próxima. Bye for now. This is the heart of the game.